so many of us who want to build our personal brand and we're going to post on LinkedIn and we're going to do all of these incredible things, but what's the real outcome? So when you can strategically create a personal brand with your business brand, people are going to trust your business and they're going to work with you because they trust you. Just like with Gary V's done, people want to go for VaynerMedia because they trust in Gary. And it's very similar now when it comes to business transparency too. Welcome to the Standout CEO Show, your gateway to building a standout business with your personal brand. Today, we are talking about public relations. And if you are going to create a standout business, you are going to encounter some form of PR. It's unavoidable. And there's going to be some moment in your time when you're going to be seeking out this form of attention, this form of let's just say affirmation and accreditation by the media world. And it's something that can actually completely change the trajectory of your world if you get it right. <laughs> Today I've brought on a special guest. Her name is Sabrina Stalker, and she is a PR maven these days. She's actually the founder of Two Comma PR, which is a firm where you can go and make this happen for yourself. She got her start in the world of tennis. <laughs> Very successful tennis player and then tennis coach. And she's now helping people do their own public relations. So we're going to take a deep dive on this. And Sabrina, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brad. I'm so excited to be here with you and your audience. And hopefully we can leave them with some golden nuggets by the end. Yeah, well, I actually titled this, I don't normally do this, but I said four ways to get massive PR exposure. And I was looking up a, a Forbes article from, I think, a couple of years ago, and they actually listed these, you had an interview with this person, and they listed these four things. So I don't usually do like, here's the answer before we start, but I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> and then we can go through, I'm going to ask you about each one of these. And I got my notes here. Uh, and then we can dive into each one deeply. So the four steps, in case you are listening and you don't want to stay until the end, but you really should, here's the short answer to the question, how do you do this? <laughs> Step number one is you have to build a strong personal brand, which is something we've talked a lot about on this show. Second step is then you also have to go to your, your online presence, especially your website, and make sure it's ready. <laughs> Because if it's not ready, bad things can happen. And then, of course, you also need to create a pitch for journalists. You're going to be talking to media people. You need to literally sell them. You need to market your story to them in, a, in an appropriate way. And then along with that, step four is you want to start building a long-term relationships with all of these media people. So with those four steps in mind... <laughs> Let's dive in here. So building a strong personal brand, how do you look at that? Like, what's your approach, Sabrina? For sure. And I, I really love this particular interview because it was based off real results. And one of the reasons why I got into the PR game was actually because I was able to generate real results for my business from PR. Um, and the results of those, to, to show the scale of them, we had half a million subscribers on our website in six weeks of launching, just using PR, nothing else, um, and 3.2 million page views. So the conversion was also really high. 
And I'm kind of deep dive into the personal brand, which is the start of it. And it really comes down to trust because why should a journalist, why should a news reporter or a publication trust you compared to everybody else? Because they get flooded with so many different pitches. So that's also why a lot of celebrities have really successful product launches because they get a lot of press because everyone wants to know about them. Everyone already trusts them. So if we can already establish that trust from others to feel like that they can really take us seriously and we've also got that community around us that they've already brought into us, then we can actually push any product or service, as long as it does a good job, um, forward to that particular audience as well. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think part of personal branding is simply becoming a familiar face to whoever it is <laughs> that you're wanting to have communication with. And people, people actually start thinking that that's going to be tough, like it's hard to do this. And my feeling is that it's not, especially from the familiar point of view. I mean, any instance that you can think of when you're doing anything, like if you're going to your local cafe or if you're just walking your dog or whatever you do, other people who have that, you know, the same timing, the same habitual, you know, routine as you, like for me, every morning I go for a bike ride. Now, there's a handful of people who I don't really know, but they're super familiar <laughs> because every single day we pass each other on the bike trail. And, you know, some of them are runners, some of them are bikers, some of them are dog walkers, but I know like who they kind of have a little story about each person because they're in my neighborhood and they've become quite familiar. And it, it didn't take any length of time for us to establish this familiar relationship with one another. And so, Tell me a little bit about sort of your stories around going through this kind of process with people. Mm, I think per we all know personal brands really important. And you're really right when you said your brand is you every single day, no matter if you're walking the dog or whether you're going for a boat ride and or a bike ride. And the reason a lot of us want to push this in business is because it's creating that relationship, not only with potential leads and your clients, but also your team. And a few really quick big wins to do here is, for example, Googling yourself. What comes up when you Google yourself? Um, is there something trustworthy there? Is there consistency? And then how do we actually do something with it? Because there's so many of us who want to build our personal brand and we're going to post on LinkedIn and we're going to do all of these incredible things. But what's the real outcome? So when you can strategically create a personal brand with your business brand, people are gonna trust your business and they're gonna work with you because they trust you. Just like with Gary V's done, people wanna go for VaynerMedia because they trust in Gary. And it's very similar now when it comes to business transparency too. I think it's a really good experiment to Google yourself <laughs> and you can treat it almost like a competitive game. I mean, for me, there's this other guy out there, his name is, same as mine, Brad Powell, and he's a, He's a minister or preacher of some kind. And so when I Google Brad Powell, he's the one <laughs> who starts showing up more than me. And so I've taken it like as a challenge to say, okay, I need to do some things, you know, in various places online so that I'm now leading and appearing in more search results than this other guy. <laughs> mm, and and it's, it's so true. You know, it's unfortunate if you have the same name as somebody who's already like super famous, like a football player or, or whoever, that it gives you more of a challenge to come up with the same 
level of visibility and exposure in terms of just being present online. But some really simple things, like if you have a good LinkedIn profile, for example, that can show up right away. You know, especially if you have a name that is somewhat unusual, you know, just simple stuff like, okay, well, go spice up your LinkedIn profile. That will be one of the things that shows up when people are looking for you. And of course, that profile can have all kinds of really good information about you so that if a journalist is looking for you, they can go and check that out and find out all about you. So let's let's talk broad, more broadly about this. And I'm sort of segueing into this gently, but this thing of personal brand, and then you want to build your online platform, especially your website, so that it's looking good. And it's also ready to handle the people that you, you know, your audience who wants to come and go through that customer journey with you. So speak to that process somewhat. For sure. And and it's a couple of really good tricks actually for you, Brad, and, and anyone else who has a common name with somebody else. Um, having really simple ones that you already do quite a few of these. Um, but for example, when we think about where we're going to go on social media, we sometimes think where's our ideal platform, where our ideal audience is going to go. But actually, if we go onto Google and think what's coming up first on Google, that's actually our biggest asset. So that's a different way to look at it. Um, claim all your social medias, even if you don't have to post them, at least they're still there. Your personal website with your full domain in, and then you've got the press articles to, to back that up. Now, when someone does come across you and they come onto your website, this is really key. Because if somebody comes to me and they say, Sabrina, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. The first question I ask is, have you got a service or product that really makes an impact? Because no matter how much visibility you have, if you haven't got something that genuinely helps with a website that converts, there's going to be a breaking point in that funnel. So it's really important that you have a good product. You could do so much marketing without a good product. And also the timing is really important. So with our website, in 24 hours of going live, we had 100,000 people on our website. <laughs> now, this was pretty insane. And you think, oh, wow, that's incredible. It's not incredible. The website crashed <laughs> and, <laughs> and we had no website for another day. And one of those things is, how did we get so many people on our website? And that's because we were solving a relevant product uh, problem at the time. And the problem we solved was getting food on people's tables during lockdown. And in London, in the UK, nobody could find a delivery slot. We solved that problem. So that's really two parts of it. One, does your product or service you're trying to push solve a problem that is timely? And the second is, is your website there to convert? Does it have the story? Does it have the credibility, the flow, the speed? And that's a really important part that sometimes we may overlook. It's really interesting to me how often people will be doing all kinds of what I would just simply call exposure activity you know, they're, they're just trying to get their name out. They're posting all over social media. Maybe they do, you know, they, they get their name in the local paper. Or they show up on cable TV. Or they do all these things, but there's no place to go. <laughs> like you go looking for them and it's like either there's very little, like, you know, other than their social media platforms or worse, they'll have a website and the website is kind of clunky and was built back in 2003 and it doesn't really function that well or has a bunch of, you know, pages that have errors on them or links that, that haven't been fixed in a while. So yeah, 
make sure make sure you have something to offer and you know that you know like deep in your heart that it works like this is something super valuable mm. <laughs> no it's it's so funny you say that as well because like there are a lot of you know names i've seen out there that push their brand before they have a service and product and it's okay but it's important to have a balance and you know if you're building this community you've also got to make it sustainable and however you make that sustainable there needs to be a monetization aspect off the back so maybe if you're doing it for the ego which is fine it might help your online dating profile to say <laughs> that you got featured in forbes that's fine but if you're trying to push your business you want to have a business there in the first place that works yeah okay well let's Let's say that we've done this work. We're feeling good about our personal brand. We're feeling good about our platform. We're feeling good about our offer and our mission. And now it's time to actually reach out to the media world and try and get them to carry us in whatever medium that they're in. So what's the process that you walk people through in terms of getting them to pitch to journalists? For sure. And this is something if you haven't quite put in a PR budget, you can actually do at home yourself. It takes up time. You don't have to always hire a public relations agency. It just comes a convenience, which is why some people do. So I'm gonna lay out a couple of formulas that worked really well for a few cases. Now, the first one is when you have your trending uh, product, your trending service, actually go onto Google News tab and find out all the reporters, all the journalists, all the publications that are already covering what your particular niche is, because it means that's of interest to them. So for example, my Forbes article, that was a completely organic article, that came out because I knew that Stephanie, who was the author, she wrote all about personal branding. And this was how about how I turned my personal brand to leads. For Shopping Slot, my other company, we found out all the journalists who are complaining about not having enough shopping delivery slots in the UK. And we contacted all of them. So when you have then your shortlist, you can head over to Twitter, which is a main place that journalists reach out to. And I did two things here. The first one is I was, I was like obsessed. I was like, I'm going to make an incredible <laughs> campaign. And I connected to every single journalist. There was around a hundred of them on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I sent them an email and I also went over to the sun, which is a big UK publication covering this matter a lot. And I added everyone on there on Twitter. And I sent out around 300 pitches. Now you might think 300 emails, three <laughs> days, the entire team working on it. But the results of that was that we had 100,000 people on our website overnight. And if you're looking to do it organically, you can obviously, you know, don't have to go such a scale, but that's the very simplified steps that push you in front of it. And when it comes to the pitching, what do they care about? And every single email was custom. I saw you just wrote this article in the Metro talking about this problem. I have a solution. Potentially you may be of interest, added my credibility from The Apprentice and previous businesses, attached the press release and sent over. Yeah, I love that. Well, I, I think that just underline the part about make each outreach personal to each person. I think that's super critical. I mean, as someone, you know, here I am with my, my little podcast and I get pitched <laughs> pretty often, not from people who want to be on the show, but people who have been hired to get people to come on the show. 
And most of those pitches clearly have no idea what the show is or anything about me <laughs> or anything. Well, what they do is they tell me all about this prospective guest and that's it. That's all they do. And if that's all, if that's all you do when you reach out, you'll probably not get any kind of response, which is exactly the kind of response that I give <laughs> to the people who are pitching me that way. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing here, you know, there's nothing here to do. Uh, it's a complete miss. And so I really like that. And I, I think that if, in fact, you take the time to do that, it's the first step. We're now getting to step number four, but it's the first step in building that relationship with the journalists that you're wanting to get to know. So let's talk a little bit about that process of like, okay, so you're doing these outreaches, which is really cool. And in your case, you kind of hit the jackpot, like you got a lot of really good response. And but talk more about, well, okay, so then what did you do? Like you wanted to keep and maintain relationships with at least some of these professionals. So how how do you go about doing that? Mm, and it, it's so important. And, and some people I reached out to because I was on the TV show, I'd met them at red carpet events, journalist events. So I had that relationship and keeping them is the most important part because relationships isn't, hey, here's an article, go publish it for me. They have enough on their plate already. They're busy, they have their work and they have their families and everything. So they're as busy as you. And a lot of that relationship, if someone puts out an exclusive and we get a lot of traffic, maybe I'll send them a bunch of flowers as a thank you for accepting my press release. Um, when I was in London, I used to do a lot of lunching and a lot of dinners um, and a lot of networking in person there to build a genuine connection. And it's just like any other business relationship because you're giving them an idea and a story and they're potentially giving you the platform and it's a two-way thing. And it's also about them building that level of trust with you. So just like you were gonna go into the dating scene, just imagine all the journalists and reporters out there as potential dates. <laughs> Who's gonna be a good fit for you? Who's gonna be someone you wanna keep that relationship with? And then what would you do with any other person? They're not scary, they're not, you know, they're just a normal human being and you're creating that relationship and they want to know it's genuine on their side as well. Yeah, I, I really like that. I also think that, and this goes back to the personal brand and developing your personal brand as a resource, as a, you know, expert resource on a particular topic. And so the more, the more specific and the more, you know, focused you are in terms of this is, these are the things that I know about. <laughs> these are the things that I can talk about. These are the, this is the, this is the whole realm in which I play and that I'm super passionate about. And this is the part of the world that I want to change and make better. If that's you, then journalists who are writers and or reporters of any kind in that niche, in that same niche as you, they can start relying on you when they need somebody <laughs> to just answer a question so that they can use you as a quote in whatever story they happen to be doing. And if you get your relationship to that level, when you have that kind of rapport with a particular journalist, that's just tremendous. Like it's really great. One of the things that I have found in doing this podcast is shifting from like most of, most of us entrepreneurs, most of us people who are running our own business, we do this, we have this relationship with the media as well, we're who we are and the media is over there. 
But these days, because of, you know, things like our phone <laughs> and the video that's on the phone and the fact that we can connect the video to social media just with the phone, for instance, and that I can go on like I'm doing now with my laptop and my microphone and I can have this podcast that is being broadcast live in this very moment, I am also my own media platform. Like you can be your own media and you don't necessarily have to rely entirely on the mainstream professional media to garner the same kind of exposure. And I just want to get your take on this. Like one other thing that I haven't actually tried to do this, but I'm thinking this could actually work. It could be a cool idea. Journalists who write about, say, personal branding, or they write about how to build a standout business. These are the two themes of this show. Well, I could go and find journalists in that niche and invite them on as guests as a way simply to build my relationship with them. A hundred percent. And I wouldn't have like anything like, oh, I'm doing this because I need you to, you know, cover me. But I'm just as a way to showcase their work, to you know, support them and all that kind of thing, but also to get their take, because I think certainly some of the people who know the most about a certain kind of thing are in fact the journalists who cover it. And they've got so many stories to tell because they've actually been telling those stories. So if you're into like, what are the best stories about any particular topic? These guys are a goldmine. So I don't know, like, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but... (laughs) Have you seen anybody like is this something that you've encountered or or what's your what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean I connect with editors and journalists all the time on my my show. And I think a lot of it really comes down to you're there to build a relationship. You're not asking anything back. And when you have a platform, when you have a professionally run show and it's fun and it's engaging, they're going to like you and they're going to buy into you. So, you know, if you've got the time to have them as guests, one, hopefully they will have incredible content. Um, And the second is you are starting to form those media relationships. And you are 100% right. I think there's a mixture of kind of, easy access media and harder access media. And there's a bit of a difference. I think easier access media, meaning podcasts, live shows, content, that's really good for mass exposure. And then a few of the bigger publications, such as Forbes, Business Insider, Bloomberg, they're great for the authority piece. So when you have them mixed, that's when you get the gold dust. But of course, if visibility is your angle, podcasting, for example, is such a powerful way, as as you know, and you teach as well, um, to come across and to build that trust with your audience. I think I want to just echo the authority piece is really valuable. I mean, just just for example, when I'm always searching my guests and doing research on them before I bring them on and just to find out as much as I can. In your case, I found that Forbes article, you know, and this is what happens. Like, anyone who is like, this is, we all do it. Like anyone who is thinking of doing anything with you professionally, they're going to go online and and learn about you. They're going to see what your online profile looks like. And I don't mean specifically the profiles you've created, but just that generic profile that exists out there in the internet world. And so when you have these nuggets of authority that display you know, this, you were featured on, and just fill in the blank, New York Times or, 
Forbes or, you know, Inc. Magazine or, you know, the cover of the Rolling Stone. <laughs> That's my ambition. <laughs> and uh, I think it was, I think Mr. Beast made the cover of Rolling Stone recently. And I thought, oh man, if a YouTuber can do it, why not me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and it's so, it's so fun as well, because like even typing in, if you type in my name, you know, the Forbes article of rank, but also if you type into Google viral PR campaign, that article comes up as number one. Yeah. So, so much traffic comes just because yeah. I was able to rank for such an incredible keyword. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the same. If you can also get your articles, your LinkedIn, your podcast to rank for other long tail keywords, you're going to get that traffic in as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are getting really close to the end of our time today. It goes by super fast. So if there's one more, you know, quick win or takeaway that you would like to share with people who've been listening, what would that be? Oh, I love this. I would say don't just once a month, um, have your Google alerts on for your business and for yourself, but also for your C-level executives in your company. Because a lot of the time as business owners, we think about our personal brand, but we don't necessarily think of others in the company or the recruitment process. Now, it doesn't mean that this is the exact time to build their brand as well, but you also want to keep on top of it so that you're looking really at the business at a holistic level. Terrific. Really great. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Really fun. Thank you so much for being here. And if people want now get a hold of you and they're saying, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I need help. I want to do this. I want to, I want my face on the cover of Rolling Stone. <laughs> so if they want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do that? Thanks so much, Brad. It's been so much fun. I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Um, <laughs> there's a really good starting point for any business owner out there. So if you go to twocommapr.com, there's a free downloadable resource and it's a bit of a checklist. So you can go through it and see what your trust level is. And that's a good ground point. And then after that, if you'd like to connect with me on a more personal level, LinkedIn, Sabrina Stocker, um, my YouTube and my Instagram are also very active as well. All right. Well, I'll make sure that links to both your website and your LinkedIn profile are in the show notes. And Sabrina, thanks for coming on today. This has been great. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you so much, Brad. And thank you for listening. I just want to remind you that if you're here listening at the end and you want to go and binge the entire archive, the entire series of the Standout CEO Show, you can go to standoutceoshow.com and all the video, all the audio is there in the archive. We go live every Tuesday, every Thursday at 11 a.m. The best way to join us is live. And until the next time, thanks so much. So long. So long.